Welcome to the Making Your Mondays Feel Like Fridays, the Irvin Lawway podcast. Your host is Leslie Peters, the guy with the girl's name, and yes, he's sticking to it. This is a podcast where we help reshift and pursue happiness and purpose by living every day with the same enthusiasm we have on Fridays at the end of the workday. each other since early early childhood we grew up on the same country road in Mississippi I think why we're good for the community of Mississippi is because we're a product of this community we are just two country guys and we were embedded with what I call the diamonds of good character come join the family and help us build the community Welcome, welcome to another Friday and another episode of the Urban Law Show. Charles will be joining me here shortly as he was finishing out with the client. But it's Friday, so come on in. I'll give you a second to come on in and, and get set up as we have a lot to cover today in the world around us and everything that's going on. So looking forward to just kind of connect with everyone and see how you are doing. Uh, so here it is. We a lot going on. We have seen the stories and we're going to talk about some of those today as it is now for some people, the third week of school, some people, the first, some people, the second. And we're already seeing cases, even in our very beloved state where schools are having to shut down as soon as they start. And it's only the beginning. And I know Charles and I have been talking about this for quite some time. The, the situation that was coming, now the situation is here, but in addition, we'll be talking about the situation that is coming next. So I know he has a lot to say about that, and as he gets on, we'll be jumping in. I think he is, he is almost ready, so let's get him in here. All right, there he is. Charles, 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 what's going on, man? Oh, not too much, brother. Happy Friday. It is happy Friday. You know, I was just going over just how much we have to talk about today, just looking at, you know, what you sent me over that I will get to as we we have always, we've been talking about what's coming. Yeah. We have now transitioned into what's happening <laughs> and the reaction to it. And we've talked about the lack of planning, the lack of thought process. And now we've talked about other states as they started school, but now we're looking at our very own. Yeah, as, 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 as situations are happening right among us. So I know you have a lot to say about that. I know, I just know you got a lot. So I'm just gonna <laughs> let you have it and I, I will start gathering this stuff so I can uh, post it up and I'll try to keep up with you as fast as you go. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, one thing that I, I, I pride myself on and we as a firm pride ourselves on is 
not only do we try to tell you what's going on currently, but we try to help you navigate the space, especially, uh, you know, this COVID space, because every bit of information that we can share, uh, I think is helpful. And so we have talked ad nauseum about the lack of leadership, and now it's coming to fruition because you have elementary schools that have opened, closed, reopened, and they may be closing again here in Mississippi. You have hot spots across the state on college campuses already. Uh, you know, we're talking about in a matter of move-in hotspot because what do we say early on? Listen to the scientists. You don't need that many people in one space. So we'll talk about those hot spots. Um, we've also talked about how, uh, you know, pay attention to the numbers. I think I pulled an interactive map so we can just kind of look at those numbers. Uh, and I think it's instructive to know uh, that at this point, it's incumbent upon parents, teachers, administrators to make good decisions because the leadership is not happening from the top. We got a lot of we got a lot of empty gestures, um, but no real plan of action. And so this this is about how we navigate the space from here on out, because uh, you have a child. I have a child. Most of our listeners have children, grandchildren, sisters, brothers, nieces, uh, you know, moms, dads. You got people who work on staff at schools. You got people that are teaching at schools. You got people that are coaching at schools. Uh, and those people have to go home. The children have to go home. And so uh, why don't we start right here? This is from Dr. Dobbs himself. He's reporting the outbreak at the Mississippi University for Women over in Columbus and at the University of Mississippi in Oxford already. Uh, and you'll see this is source to WAPT. Um, you know, you can go look it up for yourself. This is not something that I'm making up, uh, you know, and then from yesterday, outbreak closes Mississippi Elementary School just one week after it reopened. So, you know, schools closed back when the pandemic first started. They went to virtual learning and we knew they were not ready. We knew they were not ready. And so here we are. We're trying to reopen them uh, because of threats that have come from the White House about schools not getting money. Uh, children's lives teachers' lives, administrators' lives should not be tied to a dollar amount because I don't think there's any dollar amount that you can place on the sanctity of life. Full stop. So that's why we always make the comparison between why are we trying to open schools and why are we still trying to play sports when we know this virus is not under control. You know? Um, and then if you will pull up, I want to I want to spend a little bit more time that elementary school, by the way, uh, that information is sourced from Mississippi Today, a newspaper here in Mississippi. And it's talking about an elementary school in Lauderdale County, which is in the Meridian area. Uh, so for those of you over there, you probably already know that. But if you didn't, you can look into the article and I'll see if there's a way Leslie can provide this this source material to you. But this is this stuff is readily available online. You know, it's it's kind of hard to fathom why you would put teachers and students in these positions. Some of them don't even have mass mandates, Leslie. Yeah, <laughs> listen, listen. I mean, 
It is amazing. Um, how about this? How about, and I'm not going to even, even call it out, but if my wife is joining us today, I, I can promise you she will. But how about a superintendent or our administration or assistant superintendent giving a presentation to the board and saying that, hey, we have all PPE in place and a board member responds and said, that's not what I'm hearing. And then they have to say, well, I mean, it was on back order. So no. and I, then, I, I, and don't, then, I, don't, I don't make that connection. So if it's on back order, that means you don't have it, but you're trying to send kids to school as if you have it. Where is it? We have a disconnect here. So I, I have, we've got to have better leadership. We just have Well, to. here's the thing. And I wanted to spend a lot more time on that issue. If you'll pull that article that I sent you related to PPE and uh, disinfecting materials that are lacking here, sorely lacking uh, for Mississippi teachers, um, because I'm pretty sure this is the case all over. Um, when you start trying to plan for something and there's a shortage on these materials, we know there's a shortage. So why are you why are you telling people that you have it when you in fact don't? Um, it baffles me just like it baffles you. I mean, you know, that many people coming in and out of classrooms, you need to be able to disinfect at least to give yourself a fighting chance. Uh, but you don't. You, that's, that's not what in fact is happening. And so the reports are starting to catch up to our theorizing. Before, we were, we were trying to sound the alarm and give people our, our best educated guess. But now what we said is lining up with uh, what's being reported on the ground. And that is alarming. It is frightening. And it means that we are nowhere near flattening the curve on COVID-19. Now. Uh, Teachers share grim details of Mississippi school districts failing to uphold COVID reopening promises. Uh, this is from August 19th, people. Uh, Mississippi Today as well. Yeah, this is also from Mississippi Today. I mean, if you look down through this article, you know, you said teachers re receiving so few supplies that they're having to tear off brand Lysol wipes in half just to have enough to wipe down the desk in between classes a little more than one week into uh, reopening. And listen, I'm gonna call it out. It named, it names a few. It says Rankin County School District. Uh, it, it says uh, Jackson County School District, which is yeah. down on the coast, I believe. It'll warm yeah. County School District. Listen, you know, Poplarville, yeah. you know, I mean, so this is not isolated to Hines County. This is statewide. People do not have what they need to, to conduct business in a safe and effective manner when you're talking about housing and teaching someone's kid in person. I mean, we knew that there was a possibility, but my goodness, this is way worse than what we thought it would be. You know, and then I hear reports out of Georgia that the school districts still, some of them don't have mass mandates, so they're opening, they're reclosing. You have people in quarantine. Um, and then I see news reports like in North Carolina. I don't know if you saw this, Leslie, but on the college campus, they had they had a nice little party over yes. there. Yes, yes, I did. They had a nice little party over there. And that caused them to have to close down the University of North Carolina because you out partying, you're not following the science, you're not following, and, and part of that is because leadership has been so shaky, or right, let's just call it what it is. It's absent. Yeah, I mean that's what it is. 
you know, I'm going to pull up this interactive map you sent me here. Um, let's take a look at it. This this paints a pretty disturbing story, but here we go. Well, I mean, I just want the people to have the information. This is where we are as of August 20th, 2020. 76,323 cases, 2,214 total deaths in the state of Mississippi. I believe the Jackson number for today was 874 reported cases. Uh, it's just, it's it's not good, Leslie. And it's, it's Let not me blow it up. Cause see, I, I just really want to keep talking because I'm just going to blow this as much as I can because I want you to see that number. Let yeah. See. Let me see. There, there we go. Yeah, now you look at this, you know, look at where those numbers are sitting. Look at the breakdown by race. This is affecting the black community on a just a tremendous scale. But what I also see when I look at these numbers is no community is safe. No age range is safe. So forget what you heard from leadership because leadership may just be lying to us because the numbers are not lying you can look at these numbers and you can figure out a lot and numbers numbers don't have favors man numbers are just numbers they paint the black and the white <laughs> yeah yeah and if you look at these numbers you can see now from for context, for those of you not in Mississippi, some of the names of those counties where they didn't have disinfecting equipment or PPE or whatever it is they needed to conduct class safely. The troubling thing about that is when you look at these dark blue, which are some of the hotter areas, uh, guess what? Those areas correspond with the ones that are, are on that in that article. All they did was look at this map and go say, hey, do you have what you need? And the answer is no. Right. We got to do better. I think here is, and here is, look, we, we've, we've got to, as it, we've got to, we've got to talk about it because the reality is this three months to plan. You know, remember, we, we didn't just hear about the pandemic yesterday. No, sir. It's been a pandemic since March. It's been a pandemic since you had spring break and you didn't bring kids back to school. So to me, and here's the question, we all need to go to our local school boards and we need to hammer them on it. If you've been ordering PPE equipment, and I understand it's hard to get, since then, in preparation for the fall, and you knew as of a week before school you didn't have it, how in the heck in good conscience can you have school as normal. Misplaced priorities, Leslie. When you have leadership worried about impressing national leadership, this is what happens. And so parents, teachers, you need to know, even with limited supply, I don't know how you fix this because it's not like you can just walk in the store and pick up some lights all and take it to your classroom. But look, let's go to the, let's go to our audience a little bit and, and get some of the comments because we have some teachers in our audience. Because I would love to hear as they've reported back to work, you know, what kind of supplies they got, what you know, what they're facing. So let let, let me go. Let me see. I know. Let me see if Elise is in the house today. 
All right, she is. Let me see what Elise received. Here we go. A shield, <laughs> a pack of wipes, two masks, and hand sanitizer that we've been instructed not to share with students. Huh. <laughs> it's a cold world, brother. It's a cold world. <laughs> it's a cold world. You gotta laugh to keep them crying. I mean, this is this is bad. You know, Iris just uh indefinitely looking at comment session. Iris just um posted a post that pretty much um supports where she said Trump administration classifies teachers as essential workers during the pandemic. Well, I got a problem with that because the last time I heard, even when we try to order supplies for the office, we could not get them because they were deemed for essential workers. So why is it that schools, if school teachers are essential workers, why can't why don't they have the PPE they need? Why don't they have the Lysol they need? Why don't they have the things that they need if they need the essential workers? Because I know I couldn't order. I couldn't get it for the office. I tried everything. Brother, when when you don't plan, you find yourself in this type of situation. Because while we're talking to educate and sound the alarm, they're talking to sound good in front of cameras. But then you got to produce. And what we're seeing now is, uh, you know, I mean, and this is, this is tragic. <laughs> this is tragic because all of this could have been avoided. Go to virtual. Let's go to virtual. Listen, I, I, I sat in on, uh, and my wife, I mean, you know, bless her soul, she's been following it and, and really pushing and advocating. But just listening with her to the superintendent yesterday here and um, listening to some of the comments and, 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 and what people were saying and how upset they were that he announced that they were going to be doing virtual school. School will start September 8th. It will be virtual for the first four, four weeks. And they will start phasing in after that. However, they will continue with virtual until parents felt it was safe to send their child back to school. So, you know, that's all I needed to hear. But I was just surprised of just how much hate, how much strong language was used in terms of uh, that decision. I mean, it was, it was the right decision to me. It's the right decision, but a lot of that hate is misplaced. But when you have leadership at the top, not telling the truth, and you have middle management trying to impress leadership at the top, um, you know, it's uh you're gonna have you're gonna have situations like this because you're gonna have that hateful language because it has been deemed acceptable do you understand how much wattage the microphone that the president uses carries i don't care where they are in the world if they say something people listen if you're getting a negative message if hate is the order of the day, if playing politics with children's lives is the, is the politics of the day, then this is where you end up. I saw 
I'm sorry, this is no lie, Liz. You know, I'm always on Twitter. I saw a lady with some rubber gloves on. Uh-oh. And a pair of scissors. Walking <laughs> toward and a pair of scissors. Yeah, she walking toward the security guard who had been placed there to keep the public park closed. Oh. And she says to him, we paid for this part. You can't close it. So that means in her mind, she's gone all the way past the public health problems with having that park open and landed somewhere between lunacy and privilege to say that she is the person who can open it above what leadership at that local level has deemed is safe for everyone. So you're going to have those situations where there's hateful language because people have not been brought along in the process in the right way. You know this. Yeah, I do. If you, if you tell people, if you tell people, okay, it's raining outside, you got 50% of the people that's going to believe you. You got another 20% that's going to look out the window and check and see, and they're going to fall in line. And then you still got another 25% that's going to say it's not raining, and even if it is, I'm going outside anyway, even if you tell them it's raining alligators. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So no when you're feeding that small block 25%, then the rest of us suffer. And we suffer exponentially because you know when these numbers continue to climb at the rate that they are climbing, you start to get compound interest. The only problem is this is not compound interest in dollars other than dollars lost from the economy. But it is a terrible loss of life uh, at the national and each state is losing lives. You have light being extinguished from lives that didn't have to be. And still, as Baxter White would say, if Baxter White happens to be watching this, we have lived by your creed. It is not too late. Right now, it's not too late. Yeah. But it seems that the order of the day is to keep moving forward in a way that's detrimental to people. Because this virus doesn't care if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian. It doesn't care about your sexual orientation. What it cares about is you are a live body that can host me. And you may live, you may die, but as long as I have bodies to host me, I'm going to keep jumping around. Yeah. And we know, we've been told by Dr. Fauci, you wear a mask, I wear a mask. We cut down transmission rates by 60%. That's a pretty good jump from zero to 60. We've also been told not to have large numbers of people in in closed spaces. Well, what do you think a school is? A hallway? (laughs) That hallway is an enclosed space. Now, the classroom may be airy and spacious, but you think about the hallways at Jefferson Middle School on the seventh grade wing. Oh, I got a better picture for you. Think about this. So we know what Jefferson Middle School hallways were, and we only had what? What what do you think we had? Maybe 400 students, five? Yeah, but if you think about our graduating class, Lizzie, that's all that was on that hallway, and that was 28 people total. Right. 
And if you can social distance with 128, I fast forward and look at my daughter today where there's 2,000. Exactly. So Schools how that gonna happen? Schools are bigger. Yeah, that means that means for each grade, you have more people in the building. Yeah, I mean, you know, let me let me. Here's the other uh, numbers, the national numbers. Now you guys know this. I, I want to point out too. So you, I'm gonna hover over these. Here's Mississippi. Yeah, and this was as of last week, so you know that number is 76 now. Yeah, and then Alabama right next door is over 100,000, headed to 110. Hey, you're go, go over one more, go over one more, go to Georgia. All right, Georgia 240. Okay, that's a quarter of a million. Yeah, <laughs> now let's look at this national. 5.5 million cases. When we came to you last week, we were just at 5 million. Yeah. Now we're at 5.51. We only had 160,000 deaths last week. Now we got 173,490 people dead. I've told you, Vietnam went for a span. If you look at the whole time frame of Vietnam, 20 year period, 200 and something thousand casualties in our military. And in six months, we had 173,000? Yes. Come on, people. Yeah. Just saying. Let's look at Louisiana and Texas since we're going across the bottom row. All right. Louisiana, the, the boot state. 140,000. Yep. Then we got uh, Arkansas, 54. Mm -hmm. That's where Elise is. We got some joining us from Arkansas. We got a hot spot right there in Tennessee, so jump over there because Memphis has got a hot spot going right now. 136,000. Well, yeah. 2,700 20, 20, practically dead. Yeah. Cases in the last seven days, 10,664. I didn't even look at that before. So when you look, it has the last seven day cases. So Louisiana, 5,382. Let's go to Mississippi. Last seven days. So get this Mississippi, which is a much smaller state than Louisiana, less populous than Louisiana. In the last week, Mississippi's had more cases than Louisiana in yep. the last seven days. And get this they're cutting back on testing, but our testing rate. It's still number one in the nation at about twenty percent. It's 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 mm. <laughs> yeah. So you 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 see it. I I I will though. I, I want to. We've been we've been pounding a lot. I do want to bring out something. I ran across this video that I thought was kind of refreshing. I thought it was a fun way to kind of talk about our mask. And I do want to I do want to play it if I can get it up here because it did it did give me at least somebody was trying to be creative since they were forced back to school. Uh, I, I, I want to give credit to the proper source, but I, this video was sent to me. I'm not exactly sure what school this is, so maybe it shows us in the video. But uh, let's take a look at this. Uh, let me see if I can get it up here.
Lee was serious with that hammer, man. <laughs> he was serious, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, Dr. Lee was serious with that hammer, but for a much, much needed cause, man. He's trying to bring attention to, uh, you know, the issue and do it in a lighthearted manner, but still laying out. He, he putting down the smoke. Six feet, wear your mask, wash your hands, <laughs> you know, be where you're supposed to be. I mean, but imagine how hard that is. I saw a picture that that, that that really broke my heart. I, I, I tried to find it for today's show, but I couldn't. It was a cafeteria at an elementary school, and they had one student every four or five seats. I mean, that's a miserable existence, man. They kept saying you need to be in the class to socialize, but ooh, that's tough. Yeah. Well, it, look, I got one for you. So I was... <laughs> And my wife, if if I get if I get it wrong, Marsha, please uh, chime in and correct me. But I remember she was telling me something about at one time the protocol was gonna was gonna call for the kids to walk around with the plexiglass with them as they move from class to class. Now wait a minute, brother, have you seen a picture of this this plexiglass like station? Man, I, I'm like, who thought that was realistic? Like who, who, we, I, I could, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. We talking about junior high kids. Some of these kids weigh 80 pounds. The plexiglass, the, the, the contraption they were gonna carry were probably 20 pounds. So they gonna carry that. They gonna carry their books. They gonna, they gonna have their mask on and they gonna do this all day long. Mm -hmm. And you want them to be focused on learning. Yeah, right. 
I mean, it's, it's, it's at this point, I think a lot of it is people want the normal we had before COVID and they just don't, they refuse to accept what's happening. And I understand it. You want to fight back. But maybe fighting back in this instance is being smarter. Maybe. I'm at my wit's end. Well, I think the reality is that we are facing a new normal. It, we're not going back to before COVID. That's a new normal. We won't go back to before 9-11. Your airports will never be the same. Mm-hmm. That, that's, we, we are 9-11 was in 2001. Yep. Yeah. Um, we're in 2020. We hadn't gotten back to normal. So we will never get back to normal. It's going to be a new norm. And I think that's the, that's the reality. So stop hoping for us to get back to normal because that's never going to happen. It's a new norm. Yeah. I mean, listen, I can tell you some, some simple stories. Before 9-11, if I went to the West Coast, I would catch the red eye and I could always have a road to myself. Post 9-11, not happening. Full flight on the red eye. It doesn't even make sense to take the red eye. You know, I put you on the red eye coming back from L.A. How was that experience? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what you say is true. I mean, you know, in the old days, yes. Now, well, now you might have a road to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. You might very well have a road to yourself. If you well, no, 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 not anymore. Because what they've done now is cut the flights. So the flights are jam-packed. Uh, only Southwest, I think now, if I'm not mistaken, is the one that's still not booking the middle seat. And that's through October. Everybody else is booking the middle seat. Mm. But if you want to roll to yourself now, bro, you're going to buy it. Mm. That's rough, man. That's rough. You know. Let's go to the audience. All right, audience, come in. Tell us what we got. Um, let me see. All right, let's see. Marsha going to correct me. Let me see how close I got. She said, this is a rough estimate. Do you realize that the deaths in Texas are more than the students we had enrolled in our HBCUs in 2015. Wow. Wow. I did not know that. I did not. So what you're telling me, a whole college is, is dead? Pretty much. That's what you're saying. Woo. Mm. That's a different spin, Marsha Peters. That's a different spin. That's a painful one to hear. But when you think about that for a second, all of us that's been to college, you think about the whole student body population being erased. Like that. Yeah. I mean, what more can we say about it, Liz? What more can we say about it? I don't know if it's, you know, we got to keep talking about it until we start getting listening. But I think the reality is it's the same thing. We've never stopped saying the same thing. We just need people to start doing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the action that hasn't followed. Guys, you know, I always tell people, you know, even when we have our discussions on race and everybody wants to talk about it. I'm more interested in what we're going to do about it. Yeah, we got to take action now. We got to take action. You know, 
the Bible says faith without works is dead. I'm, you know, well, and in my whole career, I've never seen anybody just walk up to me and say, hey, man, I'm just going to um, I'm going to give you this money. You don't have to do anything for it. Yeah. I ain't never seen nobody walk up to me and do that for me that didn't have strings attached. It was something, it was something else going on. I hadn't had that happen. Now, you, Charles, maybe you had. No, I can't say that I have, Liz. I can honestly say I've never had that happen. You know, we got our classmate Neely that's on today. Maybe he has, because, you know, he he gets connections that we don't get. So maybe Neely has had that happen. Neely, chime in, let me know. People just walk up to you. They just give you money, man, and just don't want nothing. Like they just like, hey, man, I don't want you to work this year. I'm just gonna, you just take this. Now he might not be the best person to answer <laughs> because I just saw him put up a, a, a interview of James Brown that say, "You look good, you feel good, you smell good, you make love good, you ready for the weekend." <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Neely? Glad <laughs> to have you on the show, brother. Definitely got to get nearly started. Uh, and if and if you if you went to Jackson State in the era we went, if you don't know nearly, you didn't go to Jackson State. I was. Yeah, <laughs> oh man, let's see what else we got here. Uh, here we go get some comments in. Hmm, that's an interesting point. That's an interesting viewpoint. But are we thinking outside of the box like that, Sarita? Yeah, I mean, and Marshall brings up a point that I have been that I have been uh, pondering for the last couple of weeks is when you start um, like today, I think they're taking away uh, information from the FDA and moving it somewhere else, uh, just like they did with the CDC as far as the numbers are concerned. You can't. It, it it makes you lose faith in your in your governmental institutions when you can see what's happening around you. Really, if you dig deep enough, all you have to do is check your ICU beds that are available and check the number of deaths. Those two numbers, you can you can kind of deduce what's happening around you. Um, they out of beds and people are still dying. It's still bad. That's the long and short of it. You know, that's the long and short of it. I'm not going to even talk about why they're still trying to play football. Uh, well, I will because I've had something to add to that. Listen, I was talking with my dad, right? So he was telling me, and for those of you who don't know, my dad is a retired football coach, so we always talk football. And he was just telling me that in Mississippi now, they have changed a couple rules. So uh, cheerleaders, my understanding that we'll have to be on the track. Uh, what they're doing for the players, you know, normally you, you have to stay in between the 35-yard lines. So now they will be backed up. They have to be six feet from the field, and they will stretch out from 10 to 10, from the 10-yard to 10. And then he said that also the players can only invite three people. They get, yeah, that's, they're gonna get a ticket. Three people, three people can come to the game. Now, here's what I told my dad, and he just started laughing. I said, "Okay, let's just let's just go with these these rules for a second. So I'm going, I'm going. Let's just imagine this was in the era that I was playing. So I'm going, I'm going to be on the sideline with my teammates. We're going to be spaced out between the ten and the ten. I got it, no problem, right? 
We're going to be backed up off the field, so we're going to be closer to the track and at least six feet from the field. That's okay. I can deal with that. I said, but when I go on the field, I'm going to be all up in somebody bruising and punching and, 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 and fighting for every inch. So so why do I have to do the other stuff? Because we're going to cut each other and blood is going to be passed and everything else that happens in the game of football. But yet we're going to come to the sideline and we're going to spread out. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here, man. <laughs> come on. We got to really think, we got to really do a better job of thinking than that. I mean, yeah. that it sounds good if you and if you don't recite it to yourself and say it out loud. If you say it out loud, you realize how idiotic it sounds. To anybody that's ever played the game of football, you're like, yeah, right. That that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, we have another rule, too, for I guess the SEC who is still going to play football, no tailgating. Wait a minute. <laughs> We're gonna play football, but no tailgate. Are you gonna have are they gonna have fans in the stadium? I think they're still working through that part, Lizzie. Now, so so far, the only league conferences that are playing are the SEC, the ACC, and the Big Ten, right? Which is Texas, Oklahoma, that group. At least the last time I checked. Is that still the case? Is the Big Ten playing? So far, yeah. They're still playing. Hmm. They had to rule it out. So that's still Texas, Oklahoma. That's the Big 12. Oh, is that Big 12? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think well, there are three conferences that are playing. I know the SEC and the ACC are two of them. There's one other one. Well, Texas is in Big 12. That's what you're talking about. Okay. But here's the thing. I don't, I, okay, here, here's where I am. We got a few minutes left. I listened to the Postmaster General for a little while this morning. All right. And what I will tell you is I've been telling you to come up with a plan so you can have a plan for your voting strategy and get your people registered to vote. You're really going to need to do that. Um, after listening to him talk uh, this morning, I was very disheartened by what I heard because even though he's saying he's not going to pursue those policies anymore until after elections, Hmm. The damage is done. 671 sword machines. You got drop-off boxes that are mysteriously being picked up, still being picked up, even though he said he's not going to pursue it. And then, you know, I I kind of knew this in the back of my mind. I never really doubled back to it because we've talked about it before on this show. Why are they messing with the Postal Service? Well, now we know we, they're messing with it because it's 70 days to election. But what started this? This started way before, in order for them to be this far down the road. And wouldn't you know, Ari Melba was talking about it, and it clicked in my head. I already knew this. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, Donald Trump. Billionaire versus billionaire. Amazon uses the Postal Service for its uh, shipping. They have a contract. He wants to cripple Amazon. So what do you do? You cripple their shipping mechanism. <laughs> now you have people who are suffering. So this really has nothing to do with people in uh, a need to, you know, improve. This is something to hurt someone. And and so seniors who need medication, veterans who need medication are collateral damage. That's that's not leadership. So what's that saying? When politics crosses the line of humanity, 
It's a sad, sad day. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you mad at him because his paper says bad things about you. So, you know the news. You know you need to, you know you need to have your plan. For those of you who are thinking about voting by mail, also consider getting your stuff sent out to you and then getting it dropped off. Because you have that option available to you. Because I believe the system is about to be overrun. So that's a viable option. That is a viable option is to get your application, get it early, get it filled out, get everything you need to get done, done. Now, election is roughly 72, 70 days away. Let's just call it 70. My expectation, my call to action is that everybody who listens to us will have this figured out in the next 30 days. Because after that, it's going to be too late. Yeah. Well, you heard it, folks. I mean, we've been talking about the plan. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I mean, put your days, request your days off now. Uh, well in advance. Don't wait to the last minute to request your day off to make sure you exercise your right to vote. And participate in the process. Yeah. yeah. If you know that you got neighbors and they don't have transportation to get to the polls, take them now and have them get registered and then get them to the polls. Yeah, get them down yeah. there so they can vote. Yeah, it's not too late to still help people register, but uh, we need to be we need to be applying maximum pressure uh, to make sure that we uh, do everything to uphold that right. You know, absolutely. And here's I got a couple questions for you, Liz. All right, go for it. First question: Did you watch any of the Democratic National Convention this week? I did. I, you know, I, I watched parts of it. I did not watch it in its entirety, uh, but I, I did watch. Yeah, I watched. I watched parts, the parts, the, and the people I wanted to hear. Certainly. What was your favorite part of it? Well, I don't know because I didn't watch all of it, but I, but I, I did. I, of the parts, of the parts that you watched, what was your favorite? Yeah. So I, I enjoyed Michelle Obama's speech. I enjoyed uh, President Obama. I thought he did. I mean, I thought he was at another level. Uh, almost as far as back in uh, 2008 of, of calling together. I, I, you know, I liked the tone of it, even though, you know, it was different this year. It was different this year. I think the sense of urgency was there. Um, the question now that concerns me, the, the thing that keeps me up at night is just, um, do we have the infrastructure? Um, are we visible enough? That's a question. That's a question for another day. Right. I'm just trying. I really just, you know, because we've been we've been harping on the vote, the vote, the vote, the vote. That's gonna tell you what you got. Yep. That's gonna tell you what you got. Well, let me spin that question back to you. Did you watch it? I watched parts of it. And what was your favorite part? Roll call. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Roll call. Anytime you can show me calamari water. Beaches, uh, you know, tribal dress, beautiful, beautiful way to see. And then to me, the most moving part of the roll call was the Edmund Pettus Bridge lit up blue. Yeah, that was that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. Um, 
that one, that one, that one brought me to tears a little bit. That one, that one, uh, all I could think of was good trouble. Good trouble. Good trouble. And then, you know, I doesn't know, uh, you know, and then here, here's something yeah, that let us know what you thought about it if you watched it and, and what were your thoughts. And then try this on for side. When is the next time you're going to hear in a keynote address a direct shout out to the AKA? Yeah, yeah, a direct shout out to the Divine Nine. Yeah, 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 a shout out to the illustrious HBCUs around the country. We fight amongst ourselves, but oh, what a time we have when somebody else is looking at us. You know what I'm saying? We stand one for all. That's right. And all for one. You know, in fact, now that you mention that, that might have been the first time ever. First time ever. We know it was history made by having a woman of color, uh, you know, who is, you know, in my mind, well, last week's show speaks for itself. I'm gonna stand on that. But AK, uh, let me hear you. Stand up. Where are you? But you know, whether you agree with our policies or not, we have an opportunity to mobilize around them and make history. And then something that I found interesting about her. Her speech and Joe's speech, even though she's an AKA, they both gave a lot of shots out to the Reds. I know, I know Joe Biden probably gave the best speech of his life last night. And he gave a shout out to Ella Baker, who, if I'm not mistaken, is the Reds. Well, let me not say the Reds. An illustrious member of Delta Sigma Theta. I was about to say, you're going to get yourself in trouble. <laughs> That's you my affectionate name. Out, you can't call out one and not call out the other, brother. That's, that's my affectionate name for, for the sorrows, you know. Um, <laughs> but it's all good. I mean, it's not often that you're going to hear at that national pantheon a shout-out to us, to people that look like us, people who, like, you, we were just messing with Neely just a second ago because we love that dude. You know what I'm saying? And it's love that's... that's uh, you know, wrapped in the fabric of Jackson State, but it's because we have similar life experiences that we learn together. You know what I'm saying? We went through the struggle together. So it's it's a whole different, unique, lovely experience. I've gone to predominantly white institutions. I've gone to HBCUs. So have you. Yes. The, 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 the experience is the experience. Quite different. <laughs> yeah, the experience is the experience. So, you know, both have their role in society, but not often do you hear at that level uh, a genuine appreciation and recognition for that those institutions. You know, I agree. I, I think, you know, here's the choice, right? So we, we got the call out. It made us feel all good. And and I say this to my fellow brothers, uh, you know, Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporate. What do we do? Uh, you, you, you know what the, the action has to happen. And, and to all of the divine nine, it's time to take action. And so I know a lot of us have been doing it anyway. 
we need to do more. So whatever we've been done doing, it's time to double down. Time to double down, brother. Time to double down. And so you know, you know we joke amongst ourselves. You know, we joke amongst ourselves all the time, but that's all love. That's all love at the end of the day. And we all believe in service. We all believe in high character. We all believe in academic scholarship. Let's use those tools. There shouldn't be any excuses. No. We shouldn't have any monuments. If we if we want to if we want to look at excuses, look at 1600 Black Lives Matter Plaza. That is an excuse. That is a monument to nothingness. Huh? Yeah. Those are tools of incompetence, Leslie. Very simple. So pure and simple. And and when you look, you don't have to take our word for it, guys. We, we hear hear the facts. As as um, a colleague of mine said, facts not feelings. That's right. So here are the facts. We look at the facts of every other country in the world has done a better job of managing the virus and the pandemic than we have here in the U.S. We are not the most populated country. By, by a long shot. No. But we have more cases and more deaths than the, in any other country. We have more. In fact, let's be honest. We have more cases and deaths than, than several countries if you add them all up together. Hmm. Everybody was hit with the pandemic, guys. Everybody responded. I'm just judging the facts. Mm-hmm. We're judging the results. Yeah. And so now here's the reality. We're seeing, I told somebody out there, it was just an article. We're seeing testing numbers uh, go down. What they don't tell you, so when you look, because the first thing I look when you see, oh, we only had 300 cases uh, this today in Dallas County or whatever it is, right? And then you find out, but we got, we, we, we have less testing centers. And I said, well, how many people did we test today? Oh, we we're only open three days this week instead of six. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So now that puts that in the context of why you only have 300 and something new cases today. Because you tested less. Yeah. So, look, we still got a problem. The problem's not over. You're going to see a lot. But here's what I know about our audience. And here's what I know about people. I give you all the credit for how brilliant you are to think and look beyond the smoke screens that you're seeing and get to the facts. Judge it simply on the facts. This is not an emotional issue. This is a factual issue. We have lost 173,490 fellow Americans in six months. Fact. When one is too many. We've had five points Five million Americans infected with COVID nineteen. Fact. And no vaccine. I for you. I don't have any feelings. This, this is not feeling. This facts. Put on your list. No vaccine. No vaccine. Fact. Put on your list. No leadership. That's a fact. That's a fact. So if you wanna. So I always tell people, people want to challenge me on a theory. I will challenge you on the facts all day long because they make it very easy to decide who's wrong, who's right. Yeah. 
This is not an emotional conversation. This is a factual conversation. And here are the facts. We are sending kids back to school, sending them into known danger, and they're getting sick and infected with COVID-19. Fact. Teachers are getting sick and infected with COVID-19. Fact. Yeah. We told you it was going to happen. And now it has happened. And we're telling you it's going to continue to happen if we don't change how we handle it. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that, Charles. Get us out of here. Man, look, as bleak as all of that sounds, we are 70 days away from potentially new leadership. And as Joe Biden said, we're going to traffic in light. It's moving light, not the dark. So as bad as that sounds, there is another day. For those of us who are upright and honorable, do the right thing. Get your people registered to vote. And vote. I heard somebody say pack a breakfast, a lunch, a dinner, get get a sleeping bag, whatever you got to do. You get out there and you exercise that right to vote. Because even as it bad, as bad as it is today, our forefathers and foremothers, they had to pay a tax. They had to be able to read. Some of them got beat. Some of them got killed just so we could have this right to vote. So let's do what we got to do. Let's take advantage of these next couple of days. And if you have problems with who's on the ballot, we can address that later. But right now, we got to take action with who we got. And by the way, guys, we still can help you if you need any legal service or any help or any help with your businesses, getting that business, getting it up off the ground, getting it started. Reach out to us. Let's We'll be happy to help you. We are here, 601-340-6800. And we, you can catch us 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You will talk to somebody. We can guarantee that. Definitely. So I would say everybody have a great weekend, a safe weekend. And let's exercise just what Dr. Lee said. Wash your hands. Wear your mask, six feet, sanitize. He made it real clear, right? That's right. Wash your hand. Six feet away, sanitize. Thank you, Dr. Lee, for that inspiration and your creativity and giving it to us in a way that made us smile, but also realized the importance of it. And guys, um, I wish I knew the school. So whatever school that is for Dr. Lee, I mean, shouts out to you guys for doing a great job with that. Till next time, until next Friday, be safe, be blessed. See you next time. Right, Leslie and I have known each other since early, early childhood. We grew up on the same country road in Mississippi. I think why we're good for the community of Mississippi is because we're a product of this community. We are just two country guys and we were embedded with what I call the diamonds of good character. Come join the family and help us build the community. Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you have an idea, a thought, a goal, and just don't know how to get started, hit us up at chatwithless.com and schedule a time that works for you. And we'll figure it out together.